Matthew chapter 13, I'm getting in 31, just 31 and 32. It says, another parable put forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed into his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh the tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. On tonight, if I title this message, it would be called Mustard Seed Faith. Lord, I pray, God, that this word, I know it's already anointed, but I ask you, God, that you would anoint me, anoint my lips of clay, Father, and I pray that any hindrance, Lord God, in the word of me reading or whatnot, that it would be set aside, God, so that the clarity, Lord, from your word would be so clear so that I'm able to give this and feed this to the people under the sound of my voice this night in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 17, verse 5 and 6 says, The apostle said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. And the Lord answered, If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Those are words in red. Those are words that we know that Jesus, the apostles, they seen Jesus perform some miracles and they were so amazed. And and there's some stories in the Bible we see that they even tried to do some of the things that Jesus did. This was one of those illustrations that they they weren't able to do it. And Jesus, they were always asking Jesus, how are you able to do this? I can't do it. You got to show me how to do this. Teach me. And that's what Jesus said to them. He said, if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted into the sea and it will obey you. Let's look at the mustard seed for a moment. I got to be really careful not to get ahead of myself. Here's some facts about mustard seed. Man discovered how to make hybrid vegetables. The way this works is by changing the DNA. For example, to get corn to be perfect corn that bugs won't eat, you have to cross the corn DNA with cucumber DNA. The only way they can get the corn to accept the cucumber DNA is to introduce it through a virus, making the corn sick, and then it will accept the cucumber DNA and end up as a hybrid corn. What has that got to do with mustard seed? Absolutely nothing. But what science has discovered is that mustard cannot be hybrided, if that's even a word. You can't do that with mustard seed. You can do it with any other seed, but there's something about a mustard seed. You can't. It's smart. It's not a dumb seed. It's smart. These other seeds, they're dumb. This is a smart seed. The mustard seed can never be anything other than a mustard seed. It refuses all viruses, and there is no way to make it anything other than than what it is. I like that. I like that because Jesus is referring to even our faith as like this mustard seed. That There's nothing that can take the place of a mustard seed. There's nothing that should be able to take the place of our faith. And we know that there's scripture, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but with the scriptures it reads that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we can't receive what God has for us without faith. We know Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, which basically means you're believing in something that you don't see. Um, Another thing about mustard seed is that it loves garbage. It grows best in the most contaminated, infested areas. 
Now, as I'm talking about this mustard seed, I want you to compare it to your faith because that's what I'm trying to do here. Mustard seed, it loves garbage. It grows best in the most contaminated, infested areas. We need our faith. We don't need a lot of faith when we're on the mountain, do we? It's always one where we feel like we're in the dumps, we're in the, the lowest part, the, where we feel like we're in a garbage dump, or we're in the lowest parts of, of a time in our life. We know that the only way out is up, and sometimes you feel like you ain't, no, ain't nobody got their hands out trying to help you up. You know, we, we have to rely on that this word is really what God says this word really is, and we have to grab a hold of this, and it's only through faith. So remember, when you feel like you're in the dumps, the mustard seed, it, it does its best. It grows its best when it's in garbage. The mustard seed is afraid of nothing. It grows where other plants would be choked out, withered for lack of nutrients, eaten by bugs, infested by disease, but the mustard seed thrives. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we have this faith that this man named Jesus really was the son of God and that he really did live in this earth and he lived a perfect holy life and that he died on the cross and, and three days later he, he arose. By, by putting our faith in that story, by putting our faith knowing that what Jesus did and how he made a way for all the other promises in here to actually, for us to be able to stand on, if we believe that story, first of all, just by us believing that story, the word of God says, if you believe that story, and if you confess that story with your mouth and you believe that story in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you're saved. So this, this, this faith thing, we can't even be saved without faith. We, we're living in a, in a time, in an era or, or error where people, they, everybody says they're Christians today. And it seems like every time I minister, I say this and everybody says that they're Christians. But it, we're also living in a time where it's so clear to pinpoint out just by the spirit that that's coming off of these people if they are really who they say they are not being judgmental it doesn't take it doesn't take a a, a very spiritual person to see that if the fruit that people bear they're not of God even if someone doesn't even know the Bible a, a person that's not saved Usually those, those are the biggest criticizers of, of the Christians, but the people that are not saved, they can pinpoint out of who is, is not even, who they know they can't be saved because of the life that they're living, right? So by faith, again, we, we have to understand that it takes faith to believe in the story of Jesus. And as compared to this mustard seed, as small as it is, we also know that I'm going to get ahead of myself, but I want to come back. The smallest mustard seed is, and again, I'm comparing our faith to this. It's also the most purest of all the other seeds. Again, the mustard seed is afraid of nothing. Does your faith grow in difficult circumstances or in impossible environment? I believe that the answer to that question would, would solely be answered by asking another question. Because let me read the question again. Does your faith grow in difficult circumstances or in impossible environment? I believe the answer to that question would be asking this question, where do you put your faith? 
Where does your faith stand? Again, when everything is going good for us, we rely on what we have. If, if we don't have a need for food in our pantry, we rely on the food that's already in our pantry to take care of us. If we don't have a need for our bills to be met, we rely on the money that's already in the bank. If we don't need a healing, we rely on our bodies being in, in good condition. But if you're faced with a situation where you don't have the money in the bank for your need, if you don't have the healing in your body that you're asking for, you don't have the food in the pantry that you're hungry and your, your, your stomach is screaming for, you have to rely on something. I've seen um, today, I think it was today or yesterday, just scrolling through Facebook, I've seen that someone that wasn't a friend, it was someone did something on Marketplace and they asked this question and in with the question, they said, this is not a joke. Please don't make fun of me. Please don't make fun. But they asked the question, does anyone have any food that we can have because we're hungry? It was, it was, it, it, from just by the picture, it looked like someone that was, um, that was older and the comments, I, of course, I clicked on it just to see my, my mind I should have been where I should go give them some food, but my mind went to, I want to see if there's any people that got negative. Who, who, would, who would bring a negative comment to someone that you know that they actually are hungry? They would want something, they, they need, they're reaching out for, for something they don't have. They have faith that there's somebody out there. But when we, we put our faith in knowing that this word says that, that when we don't have what we need to get through the next day, that this, this word has it for us. When we don't have the food in the pantry, this word has it for us. You say, I don't, I don't understand. I've been, I've been a Christian for many, many years, and I still don't understand that concept of how could text written down on pieces of paper provide for me physical things that I'm needing in my life. And that's, that's where I'm going with this. A mustard seed planted one day can begin growing the next. Brother David, when you plant something, it's, I don't have patience. for. I, I'm not a good fisherman because I don't have patience for waiting for a fish. But when you plant something, it takes patience. It takes a lot of other stuff. But I think one of the biggest things is the patience part of it because you go out there and you water it. You, you pick out the weeds. You do all these things. But a mustard seed in one day can begin growing the very next. Your faith planted one day on this word your faith can be growing the very next day. We, we can't expect for our faith to be, have you ever seen someone that you said, oh, I wish I had their faith. They have faith for, for the impossible and then yet they, they're seeing the impossible happen. I would love to have their faith. If you talk to that person, they would tell you this faith didn't come overnight. This faith is something that, that it's took a lot of stuff for me to get through. Believing for the small things, for me to be able to be where I am, to believe God for the big things. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews eleven six, 6, the beginning of that verse, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to please God. So here's a question. How can you believe God to do something without nothing. I asked that question to Carissa when I was making these notes. I said, it really doesn't make sense to others. She said, it does not make no sense at all. And I read it again. It still didn't make sense. It makes sense in my mind because I know where I'm going with it. But it says, how can you believe for God to do something without nothing? We can have a dream 
or we can have a vision in our mind, but if we don't have a starting point, we will never see that dream come to pass. Nothing becomes nothing without a seed. If you see someone that has a dream to be a business owner, you see someone has a dream of being a doctor, a teacher, it doesn't happen overnight. If you talk to someone that has this huge corporation that's got hundreds or thousands of, of employees that's crossed all, all over the nation, or maybe, maybe even be international, and you ask, how did your business get started? They will always have a starting point for where they are. They were, they were, there's always a starting point for everything. And for everything, there's a seed that has to take place in, in a specific area. Maybe it maybe the story might start out that that um, someone gave them a little bit of money to be able to start a business. Or there, there's always a seed. There's nothing in this world that happens that becomes something without nothing. So when I go back and ask you the question, how can you believe? For God to do something without nothing, We're, we believe God to do, God, I need you to do this great big miracle in my life. And we're just throwing out something to God, that God, I'd like for this to happen. I'd like for that to happen. But how can we expect for that to happen, no matter how bad we need it, if we don't start somewhere and sow a seed? For it to, the, the seed, that's the harvest but how do we get to that harvest? You can't get there without the seed for that harvest. There must, be, there must first be a seed planted, whether it's a plant or whether it's a promise. The word of God uses the mustard seed as a representation of our faith. Listen, the Lord gives us a, if the Lord gives us a vision of what he's going to do, or if you're believing for something that seems impossible, because you have nowhere to start. Just remember, nothing can grow without a seed. Luke chapter 8, 11 tells us that the seed is the word of God. Whatever you're believing for, if you don't know how you're going to get there, just remember, this here is your seed. You can't get to where you're wanting to go to. If, you're, if God's promised you something, if you're believing God for something, you can't just throw your vision out there and expect God to do it like he's Aladdin or he, he, like he's the genie off. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. The word of God says in Luke chapter 8, 11, that this is the seed that we need to see anything take place. So the words on this, this seed, it represents our faith because we have to have faith to believe that this book is real. We have to have faith to believe that as we trust on the text that's written on this paper, this ink can actually come to life in something that we can believe on. In Genesis, we read, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And so one is so one. But everything that God said when he spoke it into existence, it happened. It wasn't formed by hand. He spoke it out of his mouth. And when he spoke it, these things began to happen. In Genesis, God did not create anything with his hands solely with his voice except for Adam. His voice, listen, his voice is powered by his breath or his vocal cords. I want to I expel this here for a little bit. The same way that 
you hear my voice again through the speakers, but before it hits this microphone, out of, out of my, my chest and my lungs is air hitting my vocal cords. It's creating the sound that can create a word that your mind triggers because you know, because you've been taught of what, what, what words, what, what they mean. And, and that, that's how it comes together. But when God said, we know God said it, that means that's God's word. First of all, that's the seed. When he spoke it, that seed went forth. And when it hit, wherever he told it to go, the moment that that seed dropped and hit ground, that thing began to happen. So where I'm going with this is, where I'm going with this is, is the word of God. When you begin to speak this and you apply this to your word, and you put these seeds in your heart and you begin to speak this. If you truly believe what this word says, the same way that God spoke and these things begin to happen. But the, again, we read that God created, Adam, God, God formed Adam, but there's something that he did. And I, I love this. He breathed into Adam, but he didn't breathe into his mouth. He breathed into his nostrils, the word of God says. And I've, I've, been, I've been told that when, when air comes in from your mouth, whatever chamber that it hits, yeah, you get it. But when air comes in, when you breathe from your nose, the oxygen that comes in, it goes directly to where your body gets the oxygen. Um, for a while, I would get headaches. I would get dizzy sometimes, and I'd go to the doctor and they said that you're not breathing. You're not breathing right. You're not breathing enough. You're, you're, my, watch, my, my watch is always telling me to breathe. I get more notifications telling me to breathe than I get of phone calls and text messages throughout the day. It's because I'm breathing through my mouth. And the doctor told me, you smell the rose and you blow out the candle, which means you inhale through your nose because when you inhale through your nose, you're getting the air where it needs to go so your body can receive that oxygen. You can receive what you need. And you exhale out. So when God breathed into the nose of Adam, he breathed life into him. Now, guess, it wasn't just that he just put air in him. He breathed the same, the same air that came out of God's mouth, for that matter, that spoke these things into existence was the same air that he breathed into Adam, which every breath that you take is the exact same air that came out of the, from the mouth of God when he breathed, when he spoke these things to happen, because he breathed that in into Adam. So every breath that you take, you know, the word of God talks about how even there's power in our tongue. Well, what comes out of our mouth, it's so powerful to the saved and the unsaved because of what, what, where that power come from, where it originated from, is because that, the, the power of, of the, our voice originated from God when he breathed into to Adam. His voice is powered by his breath through his vocal cords and the same breath that breathed life into nothing and became something is the same breath that he breathed into Adam. God gives you his word, whether through the Bible or through prophecy, however the Lord speaks to you, he took the smallest seed out of all seeds to illustrate to us that all we need is just a little bit of faith. But we must understand that it's not just about the little bit of faith, that we must understand that that the mustard seed that I keep referring to that, that, was, that he referred to in this parable compared to our faith, it's not only the smallest seed that produces this, this great harvest, but it actually, it's the purest of the seeds. I know I ministered on this before, but when you, you close your eyes and you take a 
dried apple seed and put it in your mouth, you might be able to guess what it is because of the texture, but you're not going to guess what it is because of the flavor. When you take a pumpkin seed or any other kind of seed, you're not going to, you're not just, if you crush it up, put it in your mouth, you're not going to know what it is. But if you take a mustard seed and you put it in your mouth, you're going to instantly know, even forget the texture, you're going to know what it is because of the taste of the mustard seed. And this is the part, the last two things that the Lord showed me that I, it's, I think it's overwhelming. The mustard seed, just, just go to, just think of a mustard seed. Imagine tasting a seed of a mustard and tasting that in your mouth. And we know that God, when he referred to the mustard seed, he referred to it as, as the, 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 our faith and then our faith through the, the word of God. He, he said that the seed is the word of God. So imagine the mustard seed now as the word of God. When the Lord speaks to you, Sister Terry, if the Lord tells you that he's going to perform something miraculous in your life that you've been praying for specifically, and he gives you direct detail, and it lines up with your spirit. You know that it was God, and you know that it's even impossible with man, but something that God tells you the same way, and you know that you, could, you can back it up with the word of God. That was a word from God. That was, that was a word of God. Now, this, this, is, this is what I love about this. Whether it's through prophecy or whether you read, you have a need and you find something in this book that you can apply it to your life. If you have a financial need and you, 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 you find your description here that talks about how the Lord will, he will provide for you. First, it encourages you, doesn't it? It encourages you to know that the word of God says that he will make a way when there seems to be no way. But the mustard seed how are you able to taste the mustard from a mustard seed when you can't from an apple seed or a pumpkin seed or a pear or any other kind of seed? You are tasting the harvest before it's even planted. So he referred to this, the mustard seed, comparing it with your faith, when you take a word of God, he is giving you a taste of the harvest before it's even planted. When you, when you open your scripture and you can find something to apply it to the need that you have, the word will give you, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord will give you a taste and that taste will strengthen your faith. You know, we get hungry every single day and we got to keep eating every single day or we're going to get weak. But the word says you got to eat on this. When you eat of something that don't taste no good, you're not going to eat it. Or at least you, 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 you're going to do what you can. Unless if you know it's healthy, you're going to force yourself. But most of the time, you ain't going to eat it. But when you can read the word of God and it applies to your life and it encourages you, you keep reading it because you're able to taste the harvest before it's even planted. Now, I'm going to read these notes. It's probably going to cover what I just said, but you get to hear it again. When you find a scripture that meets your needs and you obey what his word says to do to receive what you're believing for, just like the mustard seed, you will be able to taste of the seeds harvest before the seed is even sown. You must understand that the spirit of God that lives in you is where your strength comes from. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you to say something or act upon something, the power is not in you. 
But the power is in the task that the Lord spoke to your spirit. Mom, if you, if you want to come up. If the Lord told me, if the Lord told me to pick somebody specifically out of, out of, this, out of your pew and bring you up and pray for you and give you a word of prophecy that was directed straight to you, I am absolutely a nobody, but a person that just obeyed the Lord and said, God, use me. He spoke it to me, download it, and I just basically just dropped it in your inbox. What does that got to do? Listen to this. When sometimes, even myself, there's times where I feel like, Oh God, just coming out of a fast. Oh God, I'm ready for you to use me, God. I'm ready for you to speak to me. I'm ready for you to use me, God. Oh God, uh, I, 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 you, you told me to do something and I did it, God. And I've seen something miraculous come from this. God, I thank you for using me. But when the truth is that, that I'm just a nobody that's just humbled for God to use me. But watch this. If I allow myself through the anointing of God for God to speak through me, prophecy into someone or give a word of encouragement to someone that comes from the word of God whether they need a healing in their body they're fine whatever the need is that God spoke to me to speak to that person the power to perform the miracle is in the task it's not in me it's not in the person when God says the same way when he spoke let there be light when he spoke these things and they happened there was power in his voice so when God speaks something to speak into someone else's life or when you read the word of God and you apply it to your life you understand that it's nothing about you it's nothing about your neighbor but it is solely the 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 word of God has the power to perform the miracle that you're asking for growing up I would see ministers like Benny Hinn and and these miraculous uh, people that God would use and I'm not taking from them because I know God would use them but People would, would drive for miles and miles to see these people. And I was one of them. I, I did too. I, I, I drove to see Benny Hinn before. But we must understand the same way that God uses them, that God can use us in the same way just by speaking life into somebody. We can speak life into somebody. There's a story of a minister, that just exactly what I just said. Now in with this. He was preaching behind the pulpit. And in the middle of him ministering about something totally different, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him to call somebody out to the front. I think it was like on the Easter service, something, a service that where he was trying to be more structured, try to keep it all together on his schedule. But the Lord spoke to him to call somebody out, brought him down to the front. It was a young man and, and he told the, the young man something like this. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that he's got a work for you to do. And whatever the word was, it was that God's going to perform great and mighty wonders through you. A couple couple days or a couple weeks later, that young man was in an accident and he was pronounced dead. They called this minister up to go to the hospital and pray for him. And when he got there, he was allowed to go back there, of course, by being a minister. And 
when actually it was another minister in the church that prayed this, but, but when the, the pastor of the church went to go pray for him, he wasn't the one that prayed that word over him. It was someone else. But when he got there to pray, there's a, there's a young man that's basically dead on this, on, in the hospital. And he said, I just began to pray and begin to sing over him. He said, now all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord reminded me that the word of the Lord spoke just a few days before. And that word that was transferred through that minister to this young man was a word that says that I have a work for you to do. And great and marvelous things will come through your hands of what you do. And he said, all of a sudden, that word began to stir inside of me. He said, I began to lay hands on this young man. I said, I rebuke death in the name of Jesus. I speak the same word. And he said, as much as I can recall of the word that was spoken over him, he said, I began to recite it as much as I could. That God says that you can't die because there's a work that's not completed in you. There's work that is to be done. And he said, within no time, he said, the, the, the young boy began to receive life. And he came back to life. Why? It's because he said the power of when God spoke that life, that word life into him, that word had the power to perform the miracle. So all he did was he reminded, he was reminded of the word and he began to call forth those words and said, God said that this is not your time. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. There's work to be done. So my, 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 my call tonight, is whatever need that you have, wherever your faith is positioned this very night, whatever thing that you're believing God for, the person you're believing God for, you remember that the word of God will not return void. It will not return void. The power to perform the miracle is in the task, which is the word of God that, that's been spoken over your situation. God, I'm believing for a miracle. I'm believing for my finances, God, to be, to be strengthened. God, I'm believing, Lord, for my family to be put back together. I'm believing for my lost loved ones, God. And when we apply this word to the need, this word is the seed that we sow, just like the man that's got the great big business, international business. And he always he said that there's a place where it started. It didn't just happen. It started from somewhere. We can see the things that we're praying for just by standing on this word, just by applying this word to our daily life and applying this word to our daily prayers and standing on this word. Every day your faith will be strengthened. And just like the mustard seed, when you when you apply this word, the moment that it hits your, your mouth, when you read it, the moment you speak it, the moment your ears and you receive this word, you will begin to taste that the harvest, it's all right there in the word. All we have to do is take the word and sow it into good ground. What is good ground? I believe a good ground is a person that has a faith-filled heart. If you have faith to believe for the impossible, you can take what seems impossible and you can put that word right there and you dig it, you put it in that faith and it's going to grow just like that mustard seed said. And one day that mustard seed will start growing. You ain't got to wait for it. You don't have to wait for it. You can believe in every day the Lord will give you the strength that you need until you see that thing that you're praying for come to pass. If you have a need tonight, come to these altars. Let's, let's agree. Let's, if you have a need, let's pray together. But I want you to just ask the Lord to give you a, a supernatural boost of faith that the Lord would give you a hunger 
to seek after his righteousness through this word. Before we go to Google to find the answer that we'll go to God's word and apply his word to the situation because that's the number one thing the enemy would try to do is to take your mind off of the things of God and say, I got enough food in my pantry. I don't have to believe God for my food for tomorrow. I got enough money in the bank. I don't have to believe God for it. But to know that everything that we need is in the power of his word and through his word holds the miracle in itself. Let's come and let's pray tonight. Bless you. I just didn't get to put a name with it. Now I get to put a name with it. Experience. I, I don't know if anybody else experienced that or not, but you know, uh, I've had God speak things to me, but then I got to taste it. And I didn't, that didn't even, that didn't even dawn on me until you t- brought that out. And I thought, wow, I can recall those tastes and remember those things. It made me think about Mary when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and he, And God spoke to her and gave her a word. And she said, Lord, how in the world can these things be? And he began to tell her how it could be. And her response was, according to your word. She took that word in her heart. And she believed that word. And it grew and it became something because she believed that word. She acted upon that word. According to your word, let it be done. So that's why we ought to take his word. According to your word, Lord, I receive what's mine. I receive everything in this book that belongs to me. And if God's give you a promise, don't let the devil take it. Don't let him steal it from you. When he's give you a word out of this book that's jumped out and it's leaped out of the pages at you, don't let him take that. Don't let him steal that. But let it become life inside of you. Amen. Amen. That was good. That was very good.